Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Amen. Uh, this series is called Sex Christ Rated. Uh, I shared last week how we came about this several years ago after we had done the, the book called Raising a Mouthpiece for God in a Big Mouth World. The Lord placed it in my heart to do this particular a book on this, Sex Christ Rated. And this just a few weeks ago in speaking with our daughter, um, she says, Ma, when are you going to do that book? You know, and I said, well, whenever the Lord just prompts me, she says, she says, we need the book. The world needs the book. And I said, okay. And so uh, I, many times when Sarah will say something, we'll know it's just not Sarah. We know that it's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And this is one of those times when we knew it just wasn't her. It was the prompting of the Holy Spirit to get this book done. So I went to the Lord and just asked him how to get it done. And he says, you need to just do the message on it. <clears throat> so as I, um, because I haven't written it yet, it's still in my heart to do, but I have not written things down yet in reference to it. So as I went to the Lord to prepare to minister this word to us as a congregation, I asked the Lord where he wanted me to begin. And so the first message he gave me was intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. So before we just jump over into sex, we, he wanted us to deal, deal with the foundation, which is intimacy with God. So last week, how the Lord had uh, would lead, <clears throat> Pastor Joseph started a series in the Bible study class in the morning, and uh, his he oh he said you open your Bibles to Revelation chapter four verse eleven, and so I was sitting in the back and I said Lord, is he gonna go? He said open your Bible to Revelation. I said is he gonna go to chapter four? Verse 11, and sure enough, he said, open your Bible to Revelations chapter 4, verse 11. But what was the first scripture God gave me? Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. So I'm going to ask you to go there, amen? Amen. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 4, verse 11, because this is among the foundation scriptures for this whole series, Revelation Chapter 4, verse 11. We must come, we must have a foundation in God. Amen? In reference to any subject. But when we're dealing with sex, we must have a foundation in God who is our creator. Amen? Amen. So in Revelations chapter 4, verse 11, it says this. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Well, I read this first out of the King James Version, and it says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for all things were created by you, and for your pleasure they are and were created. So I went on to look up, uh, from there, the Lord took me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. So would you just turn over there, please? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Because the script, that scripture in, Re in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 says, God created all things, 
and he created all things for whose pleasure? For his pleasure. All right, so pleasure there means to please him. So everything that he created, and we are all a part of that everything that God created, he created for his pleasure. He created to please him. Do we understand that? All right, so as I looked over at Revelation, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says in, in that particular verse, that whole chapter is talking about faith. All right, and then when it gets over to verse 6, it says, but without faith, it is what? Impossible. Impossible to please God. Do we see that? Now, what were we created to do? To please God, right? And then it says here, <clears throat> without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, 1 plus 1 must equal 2. Amen. Amen. So if we want to please God, and we should, because we were created for the purpose of pleasing God, for His pleasure, if we want to please God, then we have to walk by faith. Because faith pleases God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, or that He exists. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him or seek him diligently. So here we saw this last week. And uh, as I, I went through the King James version of this particular verse, I went through the uh, New King James version, which all of us have here. I went through the Amplified version and I went through the Message Bible in reference to this. So when I got over to the Message Bible, I kept on reading down from verse 6 and kept on reading to verse 7. God has a way of confirming what he wants us to preach and teach on. Amen? Amen. So in verse 6, it says in the Message Bible, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Then it says, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Now, I have to go back here. I have to figure out how to do this. <clears throat> but uh, I went from here to the Message Bible, so I have to get over to the Message Bible in here, uh-oh, to do this. So that's the King James Version. So I want to go over to the Message Bible and see what it says in reference to the same verse. So in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 in the Message Bible, when I got there, it says, I'll go on down to verse 7, by faith, because I was reading on down in the Bible, it says, by faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. I love the way this says this. It makes it plain. By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of what? Dry, dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see. And he acted on what he was told. Do you see this? I want us to see this. He was, Noah was a man of faith. He built a ship 
in the middle of dry land. They had never seen that much water before that God said was coming up on the earth. In fact, Genesis says that the, the earth was watered by a mist that came up from the earth. So who had heard of, a, of that much water coming on land? But he built a ship in the middle of dry land. He was warned about something he couldn't see. Do we hear this? Then it says, uh, and he acted on what he was told. God told him something and he acted on it. That's faith. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, faith has what you believe in. Faith has corresponding actions. Amen. So he did something. And then it says, I'll read that one more time. He was warned about something he couldn't see and he acted on what he was told. The result, the message Bible says, as that question, his family was saved. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. Lord have mercy. His faith, the, his act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. As a result, Noah became, and look at what it says, intimate with God. So that was God's way of confirming to me that the subject matter he wanted me to start with in reference to this series was intimacy with God. Because he put it right there in the, in the Message Bible. And I was reading, just reading the King James. and Because I wanted more understanding. And I read the New King James. And I read the Amplified. I said, well, let me just go to the Message Bible. And here, at the end of this, it says, As a result, Noah became intimate with God. So last week we were talking about being intimate with God. Intimacy with God is so important. But I want to go back and look at this week, this whole act of faith that Noah walked in and how he was intimate with God. So I would like for us to go please first to Genesis chapter 6. And let's look at Noah for a little bit. Genesis chapter 6. He, he built a ship in the middle of dry land. And he acted, he says, he, he, he was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. Amen? Amen. So even in reference to whatever the subject matter is, we have to see what God says and act on what God says. Whether we understand that fully or not, he couldn't see it, but he acted on it anyway. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acted on what he was told. Amen? That's obedience. Amen? That's faith. All right, so look at how was Noah intimate with God. In chapter 6, it says, starting at verse, verse 6, And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry 
that I have made them. What did Revelations chapter 4 verse 11? We were created for whose pleasure? God's. God's pleasure. And here we see in Genesis chapter 6. This is not many chapters from chapter 1. Amen. When he created the heavens and the earth. When he created man in his own image after his own likeness. And he created everything for his pleasure. And this evidently by chapter 6 they were not giving him pleasure. <laughs> Amen? Amen? They were not, he was not pleased with what they were producing. Amen? Amen? And so he made a decision that he was going to destroy man whom he had created. Now the question may come, well why would he destroy, because he is the creator. He was the one who created it. He can certainly decide if he's going to keep it or not keep it. Amen? And so he had made a decision that he was going to get rid of it and start his thing over again. So, he, it says in verse, nine, verse 8, But Noah found what? Grace. Grace. grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the first time in scripture where we see the word grace. Noah found grace. He found God's favor. Unconditional love was on Noah. And we'll see why as we go along. This is the genealogy, verse 9, of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah did what? Walked what with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was, cor was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. They had not pleased God. They had not given God pleasure. They had not done what Noah did, which was walked with God. Does that make sense? Amen. All right. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. And then he says, make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of it, he gives him the width of it. You shall make windows, a window for the ark, and you shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower and second and third decks. And behold, I myself am bringing flood waters on the earth. They never heard of flood waters. They never heard of flood waters. This was new to them. Remember, there was a mist that came up from the earth to water the earth. They'd never seen this before. All right, and it says, as he goes on, because I'm just reading down sections of it, but I will, he says at, um, in verse 17, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. He's going to destroy, he's going to destroy all that he created. He was tired of it. He was sick of it. He was, he was disgusted with what had occurred. They did not bring him pleasure. Can the pot, can the can the clay say to the potter, "Why have you made me?" No, the potter can do with that clay what he wants to do. Amen. 
And so God had made a decision. Everything is on the earth who shall die. Everything that is on the earth, the last part of verse 17 says, shall die. But I will establish my covenant. Here we have it. Covenant with you. And you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Then he talks about of the birds after their kind, of the animals after their kind. And of every, after their kind, and of uh, animals after their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. So he didn't have to go after these animals to keep to bring them into the ark. They came to the ark when it was finished. But it had to be made first. And it had to be made according to the stipulations that God had given Noah. Now he had never built an ark before. And it had to have three levels on it. And it had to contain all of these animals that God was going to bring to the ark. Do you see this? Mm -hmm. This is a huge thing. Now, as we know from the New Testament, it took Noah 120 years to finish what God told him here. Now, it doesn't say that here. It just goes from one chapter to the next chapter and everything's built. You know, and all the animals come in. It doesn't tell you that it took him in this Old Testament 120 years. But God kept him all that time and he kept on building. Now, the other thing that we have to understand, and this is what I shared last week very briefly, but I shared it and I said, people have not changed. You can imagine what people were saying. Here this man is building a ship on dry land. And he is telling them that water's going to come to the point that it's going to move this ship and float. It didn't make sense. Do we understand this? It didn't make sense. All right? But faith is, according to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 in the Amplified Version, faith is perceiving as real fact that which has not yet been revealed to the senses. We are more than just senses. We are more than just feelings. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> Amen. All right. He, they perceived, he perceived as real fact. The fact was God told him that water was coming, that there was going to be a flood. And God told him to build this ark. And he told him how to build the ark. He didn't, they didn't have, now listen, they didn't have the equipment that they have today to build ships. Does that make sense? They did not have the, that kind of equipment. So it took a long time to build the length, to build the length that he had it to be, the width that it had to be, the height that it had to be. You know, that took time, but God gave him every, if you read this portion of scripture, God gave him all of the details, very specific details of how this was to be built. And then it says, and this is the part that you need to see, because remember where we read from in the Message Bible, in Hebrews chapter 11, it says that Noah was intimate with God. 
Do you see? Noah was intimate with God. Now let me show you how this was occurring. God, he walked with God. God spoke to him. God gave him the directions. He went about building that ship on dry land. He did not care what people said, how they laughed. You know people. People have not changed. You know, if they'll laugh at you for living for Jesus and, and saying that you're not going to have sex before you marry, don't you know they're going to laugh at they'll, they laugh, they'll laugh at you just like they laughed at him. They'll say you crazy just like they, they think he thought he was crazy. Not a drop of water had ever fallen from the sky. Not a drop. And he's talking about a flood coming on the earth that's going to fill this earth to such a point that it's going it's to go over the people, it's going to go over the houses, it's going to go over the mountains. What is he talking about? And he is steadily building a ship on dry land. But God told him to do it. There, is, there it is. God told him to do it. The one who created him told him what to do. The one who made water told him what to do. The one who provided the source for wood told him what to do. No other person that out there in the earth where he was at the time had told him what to do. No other person had created a thumb or a nail or an eyebrow or a face or a foot. Hello. But the God of the universe, the creator of all things, told him what to do. And look at what it says. And he said, God didn't tell him he was going to have to call those animals in. He told them how <laughs> many should come in. They should come in two by two. They should be male and what? Female. Female and what? Female. Female. All right. And then he told them to also bring in an extra one because they were going to have to be sacrifices. But he didn't have to bring them in. They were going to come because the creator who made them, was going to tell them when it was time for them to come. So at the year 20, it wasn't time for them to come. At the year 80, it wasn't time for them to come. The ship wasn't ready. At the year 100, it wasn't time for the animals to come. But at 120 years, when the ship, the ark, was finished, then the animals began to come. Now that should have told the people around them that they need to get some sense here and get on board. But no, they never did. It says in the scripture that Noah for 120 years preached to them. Do you realize that if we, now I'm just, because my, my whole theme is sex Christ rated. Do you realize then that when you or I as a Christian who say that we believe that Jesus is God, that Jesus is the creator, that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of my life. I've given him my life to him. He's my savior. And he tells me that my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. 
He tells me that I'm supposed to wait for sexual intercourse until I'm married. The creator, the one who made me, the one who gave me my parts, is saying to me to wait until you are married to have sexual intercourse. The one who created me is saying that sexual intercourse is supposed to be between a male and a female. The one who created me said that. So if we will listen to the one who created us, it will make a line between those who are living evil and those who are living right. Did you hear what I said? I'm getting like Pastor Joseph. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> in, in, in verse uh, 7 of the Message Bible, of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says, By faith Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land. I love that part. Mm -hmm. He was warned about something he couldn't see and acting on what he was told. You know, people will say to you, you know, my body is saying is speaking to me. Well, let it speak it, but you don't listen. You don't have to obey your body. You know, or my clock is ticking, and I got to go do something about this. What did that? What did your Creator say? All right, He says. He it says here He was warned about something He couldn't see. God says, "Don't have sex before marriage." The world says, have sex anytime you want it. Your body is ticking. You got the parts. You are the age. Go on and do it. But God says, your creator, the one who made us, put our bodies parts together, says, don't do it until you are married. And you don't marry someone of the same sex. Hello. Amen. And it says he was warned about something he couldn't see. To this world, it doesn't make sense. You're of age. You got the parts. Go on and do it. Everybody's doing it. If you love me, you'll do it. But God says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're to be married, and you're not even to marry someone who is not a believer. Isn't that amazing? The creator who put you together, put me together, gave us the parts, has given the direction. All right? He gave Noah the direction. And Noah, it says here, he, he, he was warned about something he couldn't see and acted... On what he was told. And I'll just add there, told by God. Because you can believe me that the other people were telling him things as he was building this ship on dry land. You see what I'm saying? He acted on what he was told by God. And look at the result. His family was saved. Hallelujah. His family was saved. When you obey God, when I obey God concerning sex, our bodies are saved. Does that make sense? We don't come out with all these diseases. We don't come out with this, these STDs. Amen? Amen. Because we obey God. 
All right, his family was saved. His act of faith, we don't come out with HIV. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world. When you obey God in anything, but we're talking about sex now, amen? When you obey God in anything, your act of faith will draw a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the rightness of the believing world. Do you see this? Your act of faith will draw a sharp line. You will be able to tell those who are evil and those who are doing what's right. Because the ones who are evil will say, Girl, what do you mean you're not going to do nothing? Come on, everybody's doing something. Go on, get with the program, so to speak. Amen? Amen. That's the unbelieving world. The right world, they may not even say something because some believers and some people who are not believers but have made a commitment that they're not going to have sex before marriage, marriage they, not, they don't say much. They won't even say sometimes that they are virgins and they're going to remain that way. They don't want people to know because there's so many around them that are unbelieving that will put them down and they know it so they keep their mouths closed. Takes boldness to say something, amen? And sometimes if God tells you to say something, you say it. If he don't tell you to say nothing, you don't say anything either, amen? amen? You do what God tells you to do, amen? So let's look on. As a result, Noah became intimate with God. And then look at verse 22. Then it says here, I'll read the verse 21. And you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. So God told him how to build that ark, how big to build it, how many floors to have in it. He says, take how many, the two, two animals. Then he take, told him to take three of some kinds. All right, for the sacrifice, one would be sacrifice. He told him to take male and female because he knew he, he, the creator of all things, knew that he created male and female so that they could reproduce. Amen? Mm -hmm. Males don't produce with males. Females don't reproduce with females. That tells us something, doesn't it? True. Amen? So here it says, and it shall be food for you. So he was. So now God was telling him what foods to bring in. Make sure you have enough. And he, so Noah just was kept on doing what God said. And this is the verse I want you to see. Because it says that he was intimate with God. And look at what he, how we know he was intimate with God. Verse 22. Thus Noah did. Thus Noah did. According to all that God commanded him. So he did. This is, the, this is the bottom line of intimacy with God. Noah did what God told him to do. Noah did what God told him to do. Did Noah, do you think Noah got up every day just so excited that he had to build an ark 
And it was taking him not one day, not two days, not one week, not one year, not two weeks, two years, not three years, not four years. Every day he would be getting up and building an ark as the people are surrounding, coming around, laughing at him, mocking him. This old man, now he's old, 120 now years that he's been on this, he was already grown, he was already over a hundred when he started this whole thing. This old man up here trying to build something that said there's going to be water coming from the sky. Who ever heard of something? In all these 120 years there's not been any water coming from the sky. How is he? Uh, he's just crazy. Can you imagine what they're saying? Just imagine what they're saying as he is obeying the word that he had received from God. Didn't make sense. And as we're going through this world now, it doesn't make sense in the natural to stay a virgin. Doesn't make sense in the natural if you've already lost your virginity and you say, okay, wait a minute, I've accepted Jesus now. I'm going to live virtuous. I can't gain back my virginity, but I can live virtuous today. I can start doing what God says today right. I can do what God, if God says, I read it, I know that it's here. God says don't have sex before marriage. I'm not married. So therefore, I'm going to do what God says. I'm not going to have sex. Not even with myself. <laughs> I got to go there because doesn't the world go there today? I was just looking at a program. We were looking at a program the other day. And this woman said, well, if you can't get a, get, get a man, just get a vibrator. I said, a who? A what? A vibe? Get a vibrator. Have sex with yourself. Did God say to do that? No. No. That if God didn't say to do it, it's wrong. It's evil. It is sin. Da. Do we hear this? Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. So Noah did what God said do. Intimacy with God is doing what God says do. Now let me just go to the result very quickly for this message. The result of Noah doing what God said do was that when the flood started coming, <clears throat> water started coming from the sky. Can you believe it? God told him as he, after he had finished building the ark, you can read it right there in Genesis 6, 7, 8, right there, right in there. Just read those few chapters. There's not much to read. But the power of it is so powerful. The anointing on it is, is worth it. Amen? When Noah had finished building the ark, then God told him, take his sons and his daughters and his wife, you know, and all the animals that he was bringing on that, on that, aboard that ark, and go in. Hello. Go in. When they were all in, did any other human beings that had seen him building this crazy ark for 120 years, did any of them go? No. No, no, no. Not a one. Did they have the opportunity to go? Yes, yes they did. They saw animals. Can you imagine? I don't know what kind of animals. Elephants, giraffes, monkeys. You know what I'm saying? Lions, tigers, bears. Two by two. 
a male and a what? Female. A male and a what? Female. All right. A male and a what? Female. Coming into the ark by themselves. Nobody leading them by a rope or nothing. They just marching into the ark. The people all see it. And not one of them got on board. Mm. Not one got on board. Still probably laughing. Crazy. But they should have had some kind of clue when they started seeing these animals coming from everywhere and getting on board. Uh, the What was that big thing that happened over uh, the, the, what's that, the tsunami? The tsunami. The animals started disappearing. Hello? I'm sorry, what you say? The animals. In Thailand. The animals started disappearing. Shouldn't that have given them a clue? Isn't that amazing? The animals knew. But they didn't have a clue. Noah has been telling them 120 years a flood is coming. Water's going to come from everywhere. Get on board. None of them got on board. But Noah's family got on board. As a result of his obedience to what God said, his family was saved. Because at a point, when all the animals that God had told to come were in there, and Noah and his family were in there, God shut the door. Not Noah. God shut the door. No one else could get in now, even if they wanted to. And the water started coming from everywhere. From above and beneath. From everywhere. Lifted that ship that had been on dry land that was now on water. Lifted it up. The waters covered the land. Covered the houses. Covered the mountains. And the ship, the ark, was still safe. And all who were in it were saved. Do you hear what I'm saying today? When you obey, when I obey what God's word says, whether we understand it or not, we just do it because the creator, the one who made us, said do it. Then we are saved as a result of it. Do we understand that? When God says don't have sexual intercourse before I bring you your mate, the creator has said that. And God doesn't do anything just so. He does the best. So he's going to give you the best. Do you understand that? He's going to give you the best. Not just something mediocre. Not just something okay. He's going to give you the best. But it does mean waiting on God. It took 120 years for that ark to be built. Before water could come on that earth. Don't you realize that God has something special for you if you will just obey God? God has something special for me if I will obey God. Does that make sense? And wait on him. 
You don't have to have experience having sex before you before marriage. God will give you the experience that you need in your bedroom. Does this make sense to you? Who made you? Who put your parts together? God. Can he show you how it works when it's his fullness of what? Time. We're not dealing with man here. We're not dealing with flesh here. We're dealing with almighty God, the creator of the universe, the one who created all of us and created us for whose pleasure? His. His pleasure. So he expects those, if we're going to please God, we must walk by faith and not by sight. We must act on what God has said our bodies can be talking, our friends can be talking, our enemies can be talking, the television can be talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. The, the, the advertisements all over can be saying, do it today, do it today, do it today. I was listening to one program and it says, wait 90 days and then do it. Wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you God? Uh, did you create me? Did you put one fingernail on my finger? Did you put one eyelash on my eyes? Did you put one tooth in my mouth? Then who are you to tell me how long I'm to wait? I, God tells me what to do. And I obey God. Who made you God? No, you wait on God. Because you want to be intimate with him. Him. And God's not going to give you someone who's not saved. That's a contradiction to his word. So don't go out there looking for somebody. Let God bring them to you. What did he do? I tell you the scriptures that I'll bring up next week. Genesis chapter 1. Look, go and read it. You can read it for yourself. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning God created Elohim. The, the tripartite God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 he says let us make man in our image after our likeness. The, the triune God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit was at work creating mankind creating human beings and then when it was his fullness of time God said to Adam it is not good that he be alone. Then God put him to sleep took that rib out of him, made a woman out of, out of that rib, and then who brought that woman to the man? Who did it? God did it. Don't you think God is able to take you from wherever you are and bring to you or take you to them the person that he has ordained for you from before the foundation of the world to be your mate if you'll just wait on it? I guarantee you that he won't take you 120 years. It <laughs> won't take God 120 years. Amen? Just wait on him. God's got a plan. God's got a divine plan and he's working. God took my husband, Pastor Joseph, from Washington, D.C., in his fullness of time, not one day ahead of time. And he just up and said, now you know that was the Holy Ghost leading. He just up and said, I'm going to move to New York. I wasn't in New York. I was in New Orleans, Louisiana. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. 
fullness of time. Do you understand me? All right, I'm in New Orleans doing my thing. Amen? All right, and, and then he's in New York already at 1973. All right, 1973, I'm doing my thing. Hello. 1974, I'm still trying to work this thing out and do the will of God, amen, and live by the standards that God has established. 1975, I get this application from who knows where. I don't know how I got that application. To this day, I don't know how I got it. And the application was for a, a summer missionary. And, and, and I thought, because I wanted to, my goal, my goal on my calendar that was on my wall was 1975 to be in Atlanta, Georgia. So I thought this was a perfect way for me to get to Atlanta, Georgia. Do you see what I'm saying? But I had to ask Jesus to be Lord of my life. Control my life. All right? And so I put in this application just knowing that they were going to send me to where the, some mission, the missionary board was. And it's located in Atlanta, Georgia. <clears throat> I raised the envelope up to heaven and said, Lord, wherever you send me. Because I filled it out, put it in the envelope, about to put it in the mailbox. Lord, wherever you send me, I'll go. Didn't that sound holy? Wherever you send me, Lord, I'll just go. You know, and drop that thing in the mailbox. Not long after the, the, the answer came back, congratulations. You are now a summer missionary to New York City. <laughs> what went wrong here? <laughs> supposed to be going to Atlanta. <laughs> New York City. What in the world am I going to do in New York City? I ne you know, I've never been to New York. I'm a New Orleans girl. You know what I'm saying? New York City just didn't seem like it made sense. But I went. Amen. Three weeks later, here comes Gail Fowler, the only Caucasian member of this all-black church comes over to where we were living and says, well, if you're going to be a summer missionary, because we didn't know, he, they didn't tell me in the letter you're going to Harlem, New York. They just told me New York City. Do you see what I'm saying? So, it wasn't until we got there that they told us that we were not just going to New York City, all this metropolitan area. No, we're going to Harlem. So Gail says, as she meets us, well, since you're going to be going to Harlem to be missionaries, why don't you come to Harlem and go to church with me? She's the only white member of this all-black church. She takes us to the church. I jumped at the opportunity because Southern missionaries, Southern Baptists are all basically Caucasians. And the music was all Caucasian. So you know what kind of, you know, dying to time, to time, so yeah, and beating off, and, and clapping off, beating everything. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> You know, so I was ready for a black experience. <laughs> Does that make sense? So when she said it, I jumped at the opportunity. So here we go up the stairs in Convent Avenue Baptist Church. And as we're going up the stairs, she says, now, when I take you to Sunday school, I'm taking you to one class. It's the only class you can go to. You got to go to Sister Wilson's class. So we with her, right? But God is leading. Because I did ask him to be Lord of my life. I did raise that envelope up and say, wherever you send me, I'll go. You know what I'm saying? So we go up the steps. She says, you got to go to Sister Wilson's class. We go to Sister Wilson's class. So there in Sister Wilson's class sits 
this man. And that's how we met. Took me from New Orleans to New York. Took him from Washington, D.C. two years earlier to New York. And we meet in 1975. But God leading two lives because God, the maker of us both, had already established before the foundation of the world that I was to be his wife and he was to be my husband. And in his fullness, God's fullness, God's master plan, God's fullness of time, he brought us together. In every situation in your lives, don't you think he'll do the same? So in the area of sex, hello, that's where, where we are, right? Won't God lead you in his fullness of time? Won't he put you with the right person in his fullness of time? Won't it be God's best in his fullness of time? Won't it be absolutely great in his fullness of time? If we will do it God's way. If we will wait on God, it will make a line between the unbelieving and the believing. But it's okay. Because when the, when the rubber met the road, that ark was built. When the rubber met the road, Noah and his family were saved. The unbelievers were not. Do it God's way. And that's the subject for today. Do it God's way. Do it God's way. It's better than anything this world can ever offer. Do it God's way. Wait on God. Let him lead you. He's got a plan. A master plan. And it's worth waiting for. Because it's the greatest in this world. The creator of the universe will give it to you. Wait on God. Trust him. Does that make sense? Yes. Hallelujah. Do it God's way. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Father we thank you for your word today. I believe that it's gone into good ground. So it will remain and it will bring forth a harvest in the name of Jesus. And every person that has heard it today and will hear it uh, on the radio or, or wherever it's going to be. I believe that it will do the work that you've sent it to do. It will prosper in the place you send it. It will accomplish what you've sent it to accomplish. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. Any questions? You can ask me anything. <laughs> you, you should know me by now. I'm bold enough to say whatever. Yeah. Ask me anything about anything. Doesn't matter. If I can answer it according to the word, I will. If I can't, I'll tell you I can't. Any comments? Any thoughts? Anything you want to ask? You're smiling. Oh, no. Nah. I'm just saying God's timing is, you know, that's, you got to get conditioned for that. God's timing. But what are you being conditioned for? 
It's the first step. Hello. The first step is when you see it in the Word, make a commitment in your heart, purpose in your heart, that you're going to do it. That's the first step. The next step, when the opportunity comes to do the next thing that God tells you to do, do that. That's the second step. The third step, a temptation may come, but you go back on, Lord, I need your help here. I made a commitment to do it your way. The temptation will pass because the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, that there has no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. So it's common. Other people are experiencing the same temptation. But then it says, but God is faithful. It doesn't count on your faithfulness. It says God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able. So even the temptation that you're feeling, God didn't give you something that you're not able to overcome. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't allow it. Isn't that amazing? So even when you're tempted, God already knows the maker, the one who made you and put you together, already knows that that temptation is beneath you. You've got the power to overcome it. So he already, because he wouldn't come to you if you didn't. That's the way God is. God is faithful, it says, who will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able but will with the temptation, God will with the temptation make a way to escape. Will temptation come to you? Yes. All you have to do is look, Lord, okay, here's the temptation coming. Where's your escape? It must be somewhere else other than here. Where's your escape? And then you're supposed to take the escape. So why, 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 what's the purpose of doing that? What is the purpose of doing, going through that whole process? You have to ask your maker. You have to ask your maker. What was the hope? Couldn't God have just put a ship down on the earth, an ark down on the earth for Noah? Why did he have to go through 120 years building a boat? Why? Because God said so. The maker said so. The potter who is in charge of the clay, said so. That's why. Do you understand? No, but you're not the maker. Do we understand? No, we're not God. But he must have. See, the bottom line for God is that he loves us. So he must have a divine purpose for why he's causing us to wait. He must have a divine purpose that he would even allow a temptation to come your way. It may be a purpose that you don't understand yet. You don't have to understand. You just have to believe God. He is the maker. He is the creator. So he says so. Sometimes, sometimes I would ask my dear, my mother, you know, why do I have to do why do I have to? She says, because, you know, after, sometimes she will explain and give us explanation. You know what I'm saying? At some point, she says, because I said so. Well, that was it. Don't ask her no more. <laughs> Don't ask her no more. Isn't that right? All right. God said so. You're not God. I'm not God. And there must be something good in the wings that we just don't see yet. 120 years 
This man put up with everything that was going on around him. But when that door was shut on that ark, and he was inside, he understood. Because he was saved and his household. And we got to understand that in salvation, the invitation to accept Jesus is for the whole world. God loves the whole world. So he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in that son, why couldn't you come some other way? Why couldn't we go that way? Why couldn't we do it this way? Why do we have to come through Jesus? Because the creator says so. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. And there, it, no man comes to the Father but by me. Well, why can't we go some other way? Because the creator who created us for his pleasure said so. That's the reason. So whoever will come the way of Jesus will be saved in the ark of safety. And will never experience hell. And will be with God forever. Amen. But uh, yes, go on, ready. I, I want to say this. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> now, for me, right? All right, being single, you know, and. You know, you said being intimate with God, right? Mm -hmm. Like sometimes, you know, I know you say in fullness, you always say this all the time, mm -hmm. you know, you have to wait in fullness of time. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, you know, um, just for me, even just, you know, even just dating, you know, it's kind of hard to, you know, the, the, you know, the, the pinpoint, you know, I know I ain't bigger than God at all. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of times I, you know, do things in my way, you know, because I want to. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times, you know, I, I'm, I'm saying... And asking God, say, okay, God, you know, you know, I, I need to get, you know, get back right with you. And but for me, you know, I just okay, I want that perfect mate, the one that's going to be supportive and all the type. Sometimes it's hard to do that. I mean, sometimes because the other person is, you know, it's like, it's 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 hard to, you know, to. I don't know, maybe the characteristics of them. You know what I'm saying? Maybe maybe it's me, but sometimes it's hard. I mean, it's hard, you know, really finding that person that's, you know, that's, you know, in church, you know, that's saved and and. and you know, all the qualities of a the woman. Living the living Yeah, and all the qualities. I mean, it's hard. And even you do, then it's, I don't know, it's just, maybe it's me. Well, James, let me ask you this. Why not just wait on God before you even try to develop a relationship with anybody? Yeah, I, I thought about that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. How do you have to find that, wait on God, before you try to develop a relationship with anybody? What'd you say? You define that? Yeah, yeah, you have to... What you the, the the relationship? This is why we started with the first message: intimacy with God. The relationship that you are supposed to be developing right now is your relationship with God. That means you're supposed to be spending time studying His Word. That means you're supposed to be spending time praying. That means you're supposed to be spending time listening to hear God's voice, to know His voice clear enough. For instance, if I called you on the phone or you called me on the phone, I might not know your voice. I might not know who you are. 
from anybody else who would call me on the phone. And then I'll say, well, who are you? And you tell me, my name is Coleman. Kobe. All right. And so I said, oh, hi, Kobe. You know, how are you doing? Praise the Lord. Something like that. We get off the phone. All right. You call me next week. And you, I said, and I still don't catch your voice, you know. And I said, well, who, who are you again? And you say, my name is Kobe. You know, I said, oh, hi, Kobe. How are you doing today? How was your week? Blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? All right. And you call me the following week. You know, and I, I still, I said, I know you called me last week. What is your name again? You know, and you tell me, Kobe. All right, now you keep doing that every week for, say, 20, 30, 40, 50 weeks, a year. By the end of the year, you call me on the phone. You say something to me. Hi, Pastor Marley. I say, oh, hi, Kobe. Well, what has happened? I have spent enough time on the phone with you that I've gotten to know your voice. Same thing with God. We'll spend enough time with God day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. You get to know God's voice. The only reason a person doesn't know God's voice is they haven't spent enough time getting to know him. So spend the time getting to know him. Become intimate with God. How do we show you today? All right, Noah did what God told him to do. So there be times when God tells you from his word, do this, don't do that. And you say, Lord, I'm going to do this because you told me to do it. I'm not going to do this because you didn't tell me. You're going to take another step. God's going to say, do this. And you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to do that. You take another step. God says, don't do that. So, okay, Lord, I'll stay still. I'm not going to do that. God says, do this. And you take another step. You keep on taking the steps, you see what I'm saying, that God tells you to take and not taking the steps then he doesn't tell you to take. What, becomes, what happens? You become intimate with God. 120 years, just remember this story. He was building that ark. God had given him direction, told him what to do. When it was time when the ark was built, he told him what foods to start bringing in. He told him what animals he wanted to come in. It wasn't until he was finished that he started telling him these things. Then God started bringing the animals. Don't want he do the same for you? <clears throat> God will bring to your attention who it is when it's time. No use of God bringing, a, bringing all those animals to the ark and they're right on the bottom, a bottom floor trying to build a bottom floor. What sense would that make? You're not ready for the ark. They're not, the, the ark's not ready for them. When you are ready, and when she's ready, God will start bringing you together. Until then, understand you are not ready. Like it or not, there's the answer. You're not ready. I wasn't ready when I was 20. I wasn't ready when I was 21. I wasn't living right when I was 21. I was just getting right when I was 21. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? I was just coming out of a, a, bad, a relationship that I wasn't supposed to be in. What was the use of God bringing him to my life at that point? 
What was the use of that? God wanted to see me live holy for some years. God wanted to see him live holy for some years before he brought us together. Does that make sense? You got unholy people getting together all the time, even in the church. Hello. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, and they're stepping out on them this way and skipping out on them that way. Hello. They weren't holy. They had purpose in their heart that this was it. I'm going to do this thing God's way. I'm going to live the way God tells me to live. I'm not going to do what he tells me not to do. I refuse. And God needed to show us, God needed to see us do that a while before he brought somebody into our lives. He needed to see us actually living holy before he brought someone holy into our lives. Because if we didn't live holy before he brought them and he just brought them to you, would that be wisdom from God? No, because you're going to step out then. When something gets too hard, some challenges come, you're going to, I don't need this. And away you will go. He wants to know, do you have staying power with him? Do, will you live right just with him? Will you be intimate enough with him? Will you do what he says, just what he says do? Because when you get into a marriage, you're into another whole ball of wax. And you're going to have to be able to live the way God tells you to do in marriage. You're going to have to do what God tell, tells you to do in marriage. Now you've got another person. <clears throat> do you see what I'm saying? Who's got their own way of living. And now he's brought you together. It takes time for that relationship to gel. But he wants to know uh, if you, if you, if I'm the center of your relationship before you get married, <clears throat> if and you allow me to be the center of your relationship when you're married, then I will bring you through the tough times in your marriage. I'll do it. God is the one who caused that ark to rise up on those waters. The waters came just like God said they would, and they came from everywhere. There be challenges in marriage. They'll be coming from everywhere. But you're in the ark. You're in Christ. And you're living the way Christ tells you to live. So through the situations, you're still focused on Jesus and doing it his way. So you'll be able to go through it and you'll be stronger as a result of it. And your life will be a better testimony to a world that needs Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a rough place, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but if it's God's place for you, it's the best place to be. Oh, yeah. Even if it's rough. Even if it's rough. It may be rough. We've been there. I've been there as an individual, as a single person. I've been there. I think I told you all the story. Didn't I tell you all the story that I was single in that whole situation? And, and my body was crying out for sex. Do you hear me? Talking to me. And so I went into this room. I'll never forget this in my whole life. Sister Bird's her bedroom. 
And I went in there. She wasn't home. Nobody was home but me. And I went in there and I closed that door. And I said, Father, because I had to be honest with God. See, no use of lying to God. Come on, he's your creator. He knows everything. I said, Father, I said, you know, if I was in New Orleans right now, I'd call such and such and tell him to come here and fix this thing. That was I being honest. I said, but God, I'm not there. And I'm not that woman anymore. I'm living your way. And I'll never forget it. The presence of God filled that room. Light came in there like the sunshine came into a room. Do you hear me? Like the sun just came in the room, flooded with light. And I didn't need a man. What had I done? I committed that whole situation to God. Did I want to have sex? Yes. Did God want me to have sex outside of marriage? No. So what was I going to do? Was I going to yield to my flesh? Or was I going to yield to God? And as, as a result of me yielding to God in that situation, I had an experience with God that I'm still talking to you about today. That I can't even, you know, I don't even know if you can conceive of what I saw. The only way I can describe it is the sun came into that room. I didn't need a man. But I would have missed that experience if I had gone after my flesh. I would not have that experience to share today if I had done it my way. Do you see what I'm saying? So sometimes, even God made you. God knows that you, you, you're at a certain point and you need sex. But yet he's not giving you a, a mate. What do you do? You go to your maker. Be honest with him. See what he will show you. See what he will reveal to you. See how he'll take you above and beyond what you could even imagine or think. You're not dealing with flesh here. You're dealing with God. There's so many things in God that we have not experienced yet. Only because we have not yielded everything to him. So many things that he's got for us. That we don't experience unless we just be honest and just say, Lord, you know what I want, but that is not your way. So I'm going to live for you no matter what. And watch God move on your behalf. Doesn't his word say his eyes go to and fro throughout the whole earth? To show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are perfect toward him. Is your flesh perfect toward him? No. Your mind? No. Your heart perfect toward him. Determine that you're going to live God's way. Determine that you're going to do what God says no matter what. And watch God move on your behalf. I'll say amen again. <laughs> It's my fourth closing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God.